BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread. With incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. Recording this on a Thursday night following the conclusion of the first ever NBA in-season tournament semifinals in Las Vegas. We've got so much to talk about, including those games. We also need to look ahead to Kings and Suns and some stuff we learned at Kings practice this week. We have so much to go over, so why not do a bonus pod? I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. And for the audio people, Morgan is currently doing this podcast in sunglasses. A bit distracting. You're going, why is she wearing sunglasses? So apparently, uh, some really devastating news we learned today is that Morgan wears fake eyelashes. Well, or or lash extensions. I don't okay, even know what, what they are. And so that was just shocking. A lot uh-huh. of people felt she, like you had natural lashes. And Correct. like they're, they're just a little stunned by this. Cheated, And yes. then apparently... They scratched your eye today? I don't know. I think one got in there, scratched my eye. It happened this morning, and my eye hasn't been the same since. But what I've noticed is that it's been a really, uh, what, gloomy day. So, like, my eye has been pretty much fine. But every time I go into a room with light, I'm like, ah, ah. And then I realized with the podcast, as soon as we had the lights on, I was like, okay, do we dim the lights? That would be unfair to the audience. So, instead, I will wear sunglasses. Well, I'll try not to be distracted by it. Uh, you know, Gerardo in the chat says, Mo has that same look the Pelicans players had this morning after partying last night. Yeah, the Pelicans got Damn. hammered in the in-season tournament semifinals, losing to Lakers 133-89. to So the Lakers advanced to the championship to take on the Indiana Pacers, who beat the Bucks today 128-119. to We'll talk about both of those games. Look ahead to the Kings' Suns. Suns going to be shorthanded, so that could be good news for the Kings. We'll discuss that. I think today was just a fun day, and I'm going to admit... I love that. I'm going to admit I'm an NBA guy. You think you guys know this? I love the league. I'm an NBA guy. I was locked in today. You've now, been locked into the entire in-season tournament. Yes, Let's I've, enjoyed, I've yeah. enjoyed I've enjoyed I mean, it's we been both a good, have. I think it's been a great thing for the league. I, like I 
I'm going to watch games no matter what, but there was more intrigue today uh-huh. with this being like a do or die situation, the winner advances, than it would have been just if it was a normal Bucks pacers game on a Tuesday. Starting night. at 2 p.m. Yeah, and I, I think taking a step back to that, you know, I don't know the league's reason for starting this game at 2 p.m. I'm not sure I like that aspect We're of it. We're talking because- about us right now being homers, though. Because I understand where you're going with this about that aspect and, like, maybe it not working for ratings, but right now, what we're talking about is us being excited. We didn't care if it was at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, we have the luxury of, like, watching the NBA. So it's, it's awesome. But yeah. I was just thinking from a league perspective, like, for the semifinals, I would just would have loved to see both games almost. Hey, it's Las Vegas. Yeah. Tip, tip uh, the first game at 6. Who cares if it's 9 o'clock? Make it. It's NBA after dark. I don't know. I'm thinking crazy right now. But You're starting wild. at 2 p.m. And then the other thing was just... It's such short notice to get the fans to Las Vegas to watch these games. The first game, there were empty seats for sure. And and it wasn't like a two-for-one situation with the tickets. You had to buy tickets to the first game. And then the second game, which on one hand you go, why not just see both games? That should be part of it. But they're two NBA games, so I kind of get it at the same time. The league's trying to make some money. So they did a good job lighting it. I felt like the look of it looked great. I loved it. The ESPN TNT crossover. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. I loved how um, both crews, I mean, obviously they completely bought in. They all have a lot of respect for one another. But I thought it just, yeah, it was done well. It was done well where the, it seemed like they're both still doing their job and and being able to talk about it without it just being a distraction, you know? Yeah, and I think I've said for a long time talking about the NBA Finals, it's so weird that when the NBA Finals come, you don't see the NBA's premiere show inside the NBA yep. involved in the coverage. Like, you don't see it. You see maybe sometimes on NBA TV, but I'm talking about the full TNT inside the NBA crew. So today, it's a big day for the league. They're trying to really put this tournament over. And to have ESPN TNT agree to collaborate yeah. and come together and get, you know, Stephen A. Smith working a little bit with Charles, Kenny, and Shaq, talking some shit, talking some hoops. I thought it was cool. They did it both on ESPN and on TNT with those crews. It was cool to me. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so that made it feel big and different as soon as it started, right? I was like, ooh, this is a little fun. It had a little college game day kind of vibe, maybe because, or, or you know, March Madness type of vibe starting at 2 p.m., um, making it big, being out there, being in a different space. Obviously, the court being different, the red and blue. The jerseys going back to the team's OG jerseys too, I thought was a good idea just from a, I mean, you and I have talked about this over the years. We go like, God, there's so many jerseys. Sometimes you don't even know what team is playing out there if you're a casual fan. And so it was nice that they just like, Hey, went back to the OG, the yellow for the Pacers, the white for the bucks during that first game. And then so on. So I think the reasoning behind that, the league was a little worried about with the court that they were using. Clashing. Clashing with the the city edition one. So they went, let's play it safe, go with the white and the... Oh, and I I know that, but I think at the same time, I think that was just smart from seriously the angle that I'm talking about. And it's people, casuals, being able to be like, oh, I identify with them being the Pacers or I identify with them in that green and the white being the Bucks. You know what I mean? It just made it that much easier, I think, for... Um, anybody that chose to tune in. So the first game, there were some empty seats, but I think it ended up filling in a little bit. 
The second game, empty seats were not a problem. The Lakers fans travel well. They have a huge Lakers fan base in Las Vegas. It felt kind of more like a Lakers home game. Yeah. Overall, I think this has been a huge win for the league. I mean, I I don't know that there's been a day where fans are so locked into, you know, social media talking about regular season games in early December. It just doesn't happen. Usually it's been like Christmas Day is a big kickoff for casual fans. Like the hardcore fans are always locked in. You're probably watching the national TV games, but to draw some other people and I think it's going to be a big win. I don't know how the ratings are going to go. NFL's tonight, Thursday night football. That's no matter who's playing is going to, they're going to crush the ratings. But for the league, it's all about, did this lead to more viewership, more competitive games and fun yep. during a stretch that maybe isn't that fun for Dude, the casual fan? That, not only for the casual fan, but we keep talking about even the players, the players buying in, um, making it more important for, and by the way, the whole season should be important to all players. Doesn't matter if you've been in the league for 20 years or two years, right? Like you just wish that was the mindset. But what we saw tonight from an almost 40 year old and LeBron James, my my point. I love that we always round up. He's 38, but we always like. Pretty soon we're like, dude, from an almost 57 year old, yep. it's crazy. Yep. Let's start there, Morgan, because that was the game we just watched. It wasn't much of a game. Sure pretty much early third quarter, the Lakers absolutely hammered the New Orleans Pelicans in Vegas, 133 to 89. I had a couple of thoughts. One, I was like, God, Kings should have been there. If the Kings would have just played a little better against the Pelicans, they would have been there and could have made this a much more competitive yes. game. <clears throat> I think it means a lot that LeBron went out there tonight and played his Agreed. ass off. Agreed. You know, LeBron's a great player. I think we've all watched LeBron enough to go, there are some games he'll coast out there. He's got a lot of mileage. He can coast sometimes, all right? Especially in the regular season. He didn't do that tonight. His numbers are absurd. The fact that he had 30 points, <laughs> he had eight assists and five rebounds, Morgan, in 23 minutes incredible he came out aggressive attacking knocking down threes he had that one logo three dude it was it was that that was his third three uh in consecutive threes if whatever i'm trying to say i have God no idea it. well is your was, eyes messed up here th- it, it was three threes in a row oh now his third one was, from was the logo. his third one okay. thank you <laughs> the eye is going to the brain yes and for an almost 70 year old it was fantastic <laughs> truly though you know you look at his numbers he had 18 of those points in the second quarter and really him going off it was just not only so fun for any casual fan that loves LeBron, but you look at this Lakers team that goes, okay, we have this. We still have this weapon. But on top of that, screw all the points in that stat line right there. It is what he was doing on the defensive end, sacrificing his old-ass body. And I'm kidding with that. Sacrificing his body, though, when Zion was coming through the paint and being the one to take the charge. He had three charges, I believe, just in that first half. It was an incredible performance on both ends of the floor from LeBron James early on. Yeah, and I don't know what got into him tonight. You know, yeah. I you know, there's so much talk ISD, about baby. him. You know, he wants to have a, a team in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. He wants to be the guy who is like the lead guy of that, right? Yeah, no and sharing. have a team in Las Vegas. 
The game's in Vegas. Maybe it's the first in-season tournament game. And I think it goes to what we've said so much during this whole ride is there's been so much talk about the money. And they, by the way, apparently these players get paid by each round they advance. So, of course, they make money if they win a championship. But they're getting money advancing to the semi, winning the quarterfinals, Mm -hmm. or getting to the quarterfinals, advancing the semi, advancing the championship game, and then winning the championship game. All types of bonuses. But I think people just completely underrated the competitive nature of this. That LeBron would maybe go, you know what? I want to be the guy that wins the first one. It hasn't happened before. So I'm going to come out. I'm going to go ahead and put on a show against the Pelicans. And I'm going to go to the championship game because I should be playing in the first ever in-season tournament championship. Yeah. No. And and good for him for turning it on. I think for some people, you're like, why can't he do that all the time? Well, I mean, if you remember, he is human, right? Like, there are going to be times where the mileage catches up on him, even though I would love to see it. But also, that's why you want to make sure you're seeing that from Anthony Davis, the next guy up that has a little bit more youth on his side. Um, And obviously, we know what he's capable of. I know he finished with a double-double. It was like 16 points, 15 rebounds and he was doing a fantastic job in five assists uh any blocks on that as well two blocks two two steals right so like even what he was doing even if it wasn't right there on the stat he was dominant on the defensive end too. morgan length everything what do we talk about with zion it's the same thing the kings have have dealt with right the the kings have beat the pelicans this year and it's it's been tough some of the matchups he did a much better job against zion the other night but He's a problem, and the Kings don't have that size. I thought Doc Rivers made the best point. They love running that four or five-man pick and roll with Zion and Valanchunas. Well, you do that against the Lakers. Oh. Your four is strong as LeBron James, who could take a bump. He did that, as Morgan mentioned, <laughs> three times on charges uh, from Zion. And then Anthony Davis. So it's like, okay, you're going to switch that pick and roll? Fine. AD switched on a Zion, and he's going to have a tough time getting anything going against AD. I thought they did a great job. I thought LeBron made Zion work early. He was bumping him. He was moving him around. And LeBron's got the size and the strength to do that. And most importantly, the conditioning to do it. I mean, you're watching Zion five minutes into the game. The guy was huffing and puffing. He was. He was. And which is so interesting because then you're watching LeBron James just go downhill full speed, whether he has the ball or he's just sprinting his lane. And you're just like... How is he doing this yeah. right now? And it, you could just tell there was a different type of energy for him, a different type of adrenaline that he brought in with that Lakers team. And at first, when you looked at this game to dos I was like, okay, Pelicans look really good. This makes me feel better about how the Kings <laughs> lost. I was feeling okay. I was like, oh man, they really are a good team. And not to say that they aren't because we saw those flashes, right. but you can also see that they are a stoppable team. They are a team. They are a beatable team. They are a team that the Kings can take on but it just felt like everyone was getting theirs in every single way a lot of threes were knocking down for both teams early on but then the lakers really picked it up to just a different level yeah the pelicans scored 30 points in the first quarter led 30 to 29 they scored 59 points the rest of the way Mm. so on the game after shooting they couldn't miss anything in Sacramento. Yeah. Like 54%. The Kings made a ton of defensive mistakes. This is a perfect time to plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Deuce and Mo. We did a video breakdown on all the Kings' defensive mistakes against the Pelicans and where things broke down. But the Pelicans shot like 54% in the game. They were knocking down threes left and right. 
Tonight against the Lakers, they shot under 36%. Yeah. They were 7 of 30, or excuse me, yeah, 7 of 31 from three in the Ooh. game. So that was brutal. Um, and then the Lakers shot 54%, 17 of 35 from three. I just thought, obviously, when LeBron's knocking down threes, it changes everything. But then the ball movement was there. They got the Pelicans rotating, and I thought they did a good job tiring out the the bigs they and they did tire out the bigs and they tired out the rest of the team and they yeah. really deflated that team oh. because deuce right in the beginning of this game pelicans what was keeping them in it the second chance opportunities the way that they were crashing the boards it didn't matter if it was herb jones or zion that was just going in there their timing was perfect and finally the Lakers turned it on. They said, okay, well, let's make sure we're also doing the little things. Not only are we going to have a good offense right now and you know knock down our threes and be aggressive on the defensive end, we got to make sure that we are finding a body to box out uh, to finish off our defensive possession. So after the Pelicans ended up with however many um, first quarter second chance oh opportunities. My God. They were everywhere in the offense. Everywhere, glass. everywhere. The Lakers really just turned it around, turned it on. And um yeah, it it was it was something again, not to relate it back too much, but it was something that I was just like hoping that we would have seen from that Kings team. I think it would have been way more fun seeing the Kings take on the Lakers. Um sure the biases run true within this podcast, obviously, because we cover the Kings. But I think even just from a national stage, the the optics of Kings, Lakers in this big game uh could have been really fun. And I think the Kings would have made this a game. And I also think, you know, the the big difference to the Lakers just have so much more length and size than the Kings do for a matchup against the Pelicans. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. But when we went over the defensive breakdowns, it was just like there was just some stuff that if the Kings just lock in a little better, the details, on a close it, it would have been a, a lot better, out. and they would have had a legit chance to win the game. I'm with you. I think the Pelicans are a beatable team, and th these nights happen. I also do wonder, and this is like, there's no proof of saying this, so I'm just throwing this out there for fun. Mm -hmm. I love I this. mean, you, you saw B.I. and Zion asked about, hey, man, what, what's it going to be like in Vegas if you win? And they're like laughing about it. Like, oh, it's going to be so fun. They have been in Vegas since Tuesday. You, I'm sorry. Zion's got a reputation of a guy that goes out and parties. Maybe they went out a little bit too hard last night. It, they're in Vegas in some, you know, it is in some NBA markets for, for players. They go to Miami. How long have we been talking about the South Beach flu as a thing? If you've got some guys that like the party, you're in Vegas and you got a couple of off nights there, it's not ridiculous to suggest that it's not that ridiculous, could have been a factor in this. But I, sure, okay. I am not going to speculate too much, but I think it's fair <laughs> to bring up and then put away. Oh, man. It is put away. Uh, any other thoughts from this game? Um. No, I wish it, I wish it did end different. Oh, I I really enjoyed uh, Kevin Harlan, Candice, and Doc together. I thought you know it was what? fun. Great chemistry. Yeah, almost better chemistry than Doc has right now with Breen and Burke. Early Truly, on. it honestly felt like a. And in all fairness, Doc did work with Kevin Harlan back in the yep. day uh, for for TNT. So yeah, and I thought Candice did a great job of just you know really just staying true to herself and um, being <clears throat> aggressive with what she wanted to say. And I thought Doc did a good job of of tying her in at the end of yeah. his thoughts too so yeah i thought it was just it was a great great little broadcast too my one last thought on this game is you know i, I know social media can be so toxic and hmm. some of the basketball conversation on there is like it's more fun to slam people than to give love mm -hmm. so i'm going to take a second to just 
mention LeBron again and go, let's just appreciate this. I mean, I I, I, I just marvel at what he did in the, the last game against Phoenix, taking over that game late, and then tonight just coming out early aggressive. I'm like, this guy's 38 years old, and he's going up against Williamson, who's huge, right? Much younger, but LeBron is just in incredible shape, and he is just one of the greats. For him to be playing at this level, and I feel like we say it every year, but each year it gets more impressive. 38 years old, or wait, in his 80s now, you said? I think he, he's I close think, to his 80s. Yeah. And for him Correct. to do this, yep. we, I think sometimes we go, oh, LeBron with another night. It's like, no, like we haven't seen this happen in the NBA. Mm-mm. It's Mm-mm. wild. It's, 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 it's wild. And, and it's going to be one of those things that people do. They go, oh, my God, they're going to appreciate him so much when he's gone. So much. There was nothing else like him with that strength, that body size. We kept picking, is Zion going to be the next LeBron? Is Scoot Henderson going to be the next LeBron? Who's going to be that next freak of nature LeBron? There might never be another LeBron. And that's great because then someone else can create a different path of sure. what what something special, truly special and unstoppable can be. But yeah, appreciate it while it's here and before it's gone. Also, Adam Silver just thanking the basketball gods oh. today, going, oh, my God. I almost had Pelicans, Pacers on ABC for the IST championship. Oh, at least I got LeBron in there. Like, that, it's a huge win for the league to have him yes. in there. It's a huge win that LeBron took this serious, came out, and played like this. So, I think it's a, bit, it's a big day for the league. Yeah, and it's probably going to help the live crowd, too, on that finals day on, what day? Saturday? Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday I think it's a 5.30-ish. Ooh, I love that. We're going to be there for that game. Oh, I can't wait. We'll so talk more excited. about that, too. And we have to look ahead to King Suns. Uh, let's talk about this next game, though, the 2 p.m. tip-off on the West Coast. Oh, my Pacers gosh. and Bucks. And what an interesting game this was. Where do we start with this one? I know. We start right from the beginning of how the Bucks came out looking like, is this an all-star game? Like, why is everyone's body language just very loose and Coasting. casual? Coasting. And I was curious if the time, 2 p.m., was like something else that was just, that's a very, unless it's a Sunday, it's but a very strange But they're an East time. Coast team, so like that's a 5 o'clock, t- it's not that early. If you want to go that direction, sure. Either way, I just, like, I don't know, sometimes that can throw people off, so I was curious. That was the vibe. That is what I felt from the Bucks um, with the way that uh, Lillard wasn't getting his at first. He ended up picking it up in that second half, but truly, the Bucks, the way that they came out, and compared to the way that the Pacers came out, I think that is the story of this game, and the Pacers just playing so tough, like they wanted it more and they ended up getting it. Pacers won this game 128 to 119. And I think they look so similar to me to last year's Kings. There's going to be moments where they just get blown by defensively. They can't, they don't have a ton of size. They're going to be matchup issues for them, but they're like, we're going to push and we're going to push all the time. We're going to push space the floor. We got Turner as a rim protector, but mm. he can also pop out. For threes, he could go ahead and roll to the rim and finish. And you've got a point guard in Tyrese Halliburton who has taken his game to another level. Tyrese Halliburton, we saw it here in Sacramento his first couple of years, what his potential was. And he's continued to evolve his game to just a level that is absurd. Insane. And the Bucks backcourt defense is awful. I want to talk more about that in okay. a bit. But let's talk about Halliburton who finished the game with 27 points. 
He also had 15 assists. He had seven rebounds and zero turnovers. He did on 11 of 19 shooting, three of nine from downtown. What stood out to you about uh, Halliburton in this game? Just how he sets the tone with the way he plays, with his joy for the game, his energy, his body language. Everything about him is is the identity of the Pacers, or it's trying to be, the Pacers want that to be their identity. And I think they're following him because he's such a good freaking human. He's such a good player that it makes it that much easier for them to root on, to be behind. Um, and, and it's just, it's a fun product to watch. Obviously it has a lot of, uh, offense rather than defense and stopping teams but the way that Halliburton plays um he can hit big crunch time daggers he can get teammates open he hit one tonight or today and did the Dame time watch thing I guess Dame kind of he was asked about after the game and he was I don't have a problem with it but you know there's just I also know that it's important to be humble because you just never know with this game. And I'm like, oh, get out of here. This game's fun. And guess what? There's going to be some taunting. Dame Lillard, you literally for years have hit shots in people's face and done a watch thing saying, it is your time. So guess what? If someone's hitting daggers on you, yeah. you're going to get a little bit well, of, it's my time. You know what he should do? A different era. He should do like Apple iPhone. Like it's. My time, because, like, who actually checks a watch anymore? I mean, but, I actually do a lot. Do you really? Yes. Oh, I, my watch doesn't work. Um, But, yeah, I, I think that's fine if you want to go with that, with how Dame felt about that whole situation. But at the same time, I mean, he just lost. He just lost a big game with his team. He went all the way to Vegas. It wasn't fun for them. And Tyrese Halliburton was in their face as he should be. And then he was later on uh, the TNT broadcast with his dad, John, his mom, Brenda, got to come up. It was just such a cool moment. But still, I want to go back to what he was doing on the floor because I think at times the way that he is able to see the floor. And I'm talking about the way that he drives, gets the defense to collapse. And he's like, I got someone behind me. I got someone in the left corner. I got someone in the right corner. Which way do I want to go? It doesn't matter. He can do it. No look. He can find them. And it creates the best shot for them it creates a shot that is in rhythm to for them that is to their chest in their shooting pocket so they can just go up in one motion uh sometimes a little bit too passive sometimes i want to see him hit that mid-range shot but tyrese halliburton is just absolutely incredible i think so much so many people talk about oh their defense is awful though and it's like yeah it it is and it's okay stated right noted yes they're 12 and 8 after 20 games in Tyrese is still a young player in this league. They're still kind of building this out. They still have a lot of young pieces and probably some moves to make to get to the next level, but they have a foundation of something, and they have an absolute star player in Tyrese Halliburton who is an elite passer, an elite shooter. He's doing things that just from a statistical standpoint that we really haven't seen a lot. Right? Yeah. You, you, Usually when a guy scoring 27 and 15 in a game might have three or four turnovers because they have the ball so much. He is having multiple games this year where he's not turning the ball over. It's insane for someone who has that type of usage rate. Um, And obviously they still have flaws, but they're showing growth. They're better than they were last year. And the other thing I thought that was impressive today is their ability to take a punch. The way Dame Lillard came out in that third quarter, he got hot from three. I mean, he hits that 
one of those threes early, less than a minute in, and Carlisle oh, talks, yes. calls a timeout. Like, we got to talk about this. And then he got going. The Bucks scored, what, 43 points in the third quarter. Outscored them 43-28. And they take the lead. And you're going, okay, how's this young team going to respond? They're not at home where you got the home energy that they had the other night against Boston when they eliminated the Celtics in the in-season tournament. How are they going to respond in this neutral environment? There's not a lot of juice. Well, they responded by, like, just playing hard. And it wasn't all Tyrese, and that's another thing that should be acknowledged. That's what I I thought the say. bench today was spectacular for them. In those non-Tyrese minutes. I, this is where I was going. Okay. Proceed. So, I, I mean, Aaron Neesmith. If you just looked at the box score today, you go, man, six points, a rebound, a block, an assist, and 27 minutes to a six shooting. Well, he didn't do anything. Oh, he did. This guy <laughs> did everything to be physical on Giannis. They have no one who could guard Giannis. He had to do it. This guy, they threw on Giannis at times, mm -hmm. and at times they put him on Dame Lillard, and he did well on them because he plays with physicality, because he's got some strength, and that was Effort. key. TJ McConnell oh my was God. really good for them through stretches. Yeah, TJ McConnell through Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson, eleven and six. Yeah, and it's like it's like you said. It's not only what these guys provided in those non Tyrese minutes, like to put some points on the board. Yep. It was the effort that they put forward on the defensive end and just slowing down the Bucks as much as they could. Yes, uh, Giannis was going to get his, and he did get his with thirty-seven points and ten rebounds. But at the same time, it was them being able to slow down the others. Now you look at this Buck squad and you go, wait, how are they that bad defensively? Like, why couldn't they slow down the Pacers if they still have um, a back line of defense with uh, Brooke Lopez and Giannis in there? Like, that's got to that's gotta really be difficult to score on. Well, there's so many times that these guys were coming out on the pick-and-roll coverage, and then Brooke Lopez would get switched on Tyrese, and then he's just out in the paint. So then Tyrese is like, cool, I can drive, dish, find Turner, whoever else is um, cutting, relocating. It was just beautifully done by the Pacers where I really felt like that was a bad game for the Bucks. It was a really bad game for the Bucks, And I, I, it's one of those where I'm trying to be careful not to make too much of an Good. early December game, right? <laughs> Things yes. can evolve. And I think, again, this is to the credit of the NBA for this in-season tournament where we're, we're kind of putting a little more on this game and say, like, well, it's just a regular season game, yeah. right? It, that's what it counts for, but it feels different. I think what I'm looking at Milwaukee, and it's not just tonight, it's looking at them this year. Their defense has taken a huge step back. And, you know, I thought when they made the Dame trade, I thought, you know, their offense is going to be so good. And with Giannis and Brooks still, the defense is going to be legit. I think what you're realizing is, oh, no, that backcourt defense is a huge problem. In the, today's game, for example, they had Malik Beasley defending Tyrese Halliburton. Malik has been really good as a shooter for them. He's knocking down threes. He's a good offensive player. He can't guard. He can't guard. And if he is guarding Tyrese Halliburton, if he's got to oh go and, and defend the best guards in the league, think about it. The Bucs went from Drew Holiday, yeah. one of the league's best on-ball defenders who can defend multiple positions, who's got the strength, he's a pest, he can annoy you, he's physical. Slows down an offense. To Malik Beasley, who is giving up middle all the time. And so even if it's not a pick-and-roll situation, Lopez or Giannis, they're helping so much. Yep. And Tyrese is just going to pick you apart. And for a team like the Pacers, 
who can they have the size with Miles Turner, but his ability to also stretch the floor. Yeah, Miles Turner staying healthy has been massive. Twenty six points, ten rebounds for him. Mm. He had three blocks, so he did everything. He knocked down a couple of threes too. But going back to the Bucks, that's my big concern with him. Looking at them as like a championship contender, I'm like, I don't see it. I, I just. I, I think offensively the chemistry will get better between Dame and Giannis and, and that yeah. could look better. But to me, they look old. Middleton doesn't totally look the same. Giannis is getting monster numbers. The depth isn't there. And the backcourt defense is atrocious with Malik Beasley and Dame. Well, Lillard. I think, I think that's what you're seeing with this team is that like, they'll figure it out offensively and they'll figure it. I feel like they'll figure it out at, a, at an elite level offensively, which will, provide so much success for them, especially in the Eastern Conference. But if they don't pick it up defensively, if it ends up being something where it takes Giannis and Brooke Lopez out of the game defensively at times, I think even at times they went into a zone that Tyrese was talking about on TNT. And he's like, but usually a zone piles up the middle and instead it was giving up middle and it was allowing us to go middle and so we were breaking it by going middle and getting everyone else to move and And attacking they did a great job attacking the gaps i mean bruce brown had a couple of times where he got in right around the free throw line just hit a jumper i wanted to look back at last year for milwaukee too with their numbers because i'm curious what their points in the paint opponents points in the paint this year for milwaukee um so milwaukee Right now is 19th. They're allowing 51.4 points in the paint per game. Let's see what they were last year. Last year, Milwaukee allowed 49. Okay, so a couple points worse. But I felt like today was magnified, especially taking on elite guard and getting those bigs away from the basket. Milwaukee allowed 72 points in the paint. This wasn't an Indiana just <laughs> knocking down threes tonight. Indiana won a game uh, by knocking down seven of 33 from three. And then the offensive rebounds were huge too. So they were getting crushed on that. So allowing 72 points in the paint and 23 second chance points to a Pacers team that doesn't have a lot of size. Yeah, That shows you the problems effort. with the Milwaukee Bucks. There's some effort things for sure in that first half. And then it was their inability to guard ball. They don't have guys who can guard the ball and they're kind of stuck. I don't know how they get and improve this area of their team. I, I think I think they're, like, in some ways, I'm like, oh, they're going to have to figure it out internally, right? But at the, you, Dame Lillard is what he is defensively. Like, he is what he is. So how do you make up for what he lacks on the defensive end? I don't know that answer. Um, it's early enough where I think that they'll be, like, teams are going to look so different from right now than uh, what they look like. So I think... The Bucks can figure it out. I just I can't I can't doubt a team with Dame, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, especially healthy. Like you just can't. You can't. Yeah. I even mentioned Giannis in that. Like Yeah. No. It's interesting. So anyway, that would that game altogether though, I think what made it fun, it was like, oh, the Pacers are the underdogs. Like Giannis even going into this game after post game of that last game that they won. Can I dismiss the Pacers? He totally he just did. he's like, We'll beat the Pacers, get over that. It's my birthday. Oh, it was with Jared Greenberg. And he was like, Then we'll beat them and you know, win the money. Woohoo. Like just what nonchalant Jared. about it when really it's like Bro, you got to have a different dude right now because there's teams out to get you one. And there's teams, even though you know you never have to 
dismiss Giannis and the effort that he's going to put out there and his ability to get to the rim. But like, what's your team doing? Are you leading everyone into that direction as well? Because right now the Pacers, they're in this buy-in behind Carlisle, behind Tyrese Halliburton, and it's working. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us live tonight on this bonus podcast. Uh, make sure to hit the thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe. Shout out to Ted in the chat who donated two bucks saying it was rigged all the way. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that's the thing. Anyone that says the NBA is rigged, I'm like, if it was rigged, the Lakers and Knicks would be there every yeah, year. Every it wouldn't year, be the Pacers. You know? Anyway. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Um, so we get Pacers Lakers Saturday for the NBA in-season tournament championship for that NBA cup. We are flying to Vegas Saturday morning, early uh-huh. Saturday. Yep. I, I booked an early flight morning. You know, time we're taking off. I, I don't even care. 6.55 a.m. Sweet. Landing around 8.20. Wheels down in Las Vegas and that game's at five. So we're going to be down there. We'll definitely be posting on our YouTube page too. We'll do some instant reaction following the game. And I, I'm excited to see what that atmosphere is like in person. Like I said, the Lakers have a huge presence with fans in Las Vegas. Yes. So I think it's going to be a Lakers heavy crowd, but I heard some Pacers fans there today. And I even heard the Pacers are opening up their arena, Indiana for like a viewing party for fans to come check Ooh. out for free. But do you, do you anticipate that's going to be a, a good atmosphere? Like what, what's that? What are you expecting on Saturday? Okay. I'm expecting it to kind of be feeling like the same energy that we felt today okay. with the, the, an angle that I just thought of, which I think is going to have nothing to do with the day. I really think it's going to have nothing to do with the day. This will be the first game of the season that has nothing to do with anyone's record. Right. That's true. So like it's, it is an, it's like your first like all-star like game where it's like, it means nothing, but Mm. Oh, Oh, you're seeing how all these games, even though they go toward the regular season record all these games still have felt like they have more meaning to point. them so That's i'm a good curious point. what type of meaning it will be for some of these players and i think i think what you saw the pacers they're down they're they down for it. the money they they're it. down for the but win they th- want the bragging rights and i think lebron wants I think the same LeBron thing too. so it's like i think this is a great start for the nba in the in-season tournament i saw our buddy chris miles from nba tv post something Aww. today on instagram talking about how man if lebron wins it wins an in-season tournament and it wins an MVP, 
you know, he's got something on Michael, like, and maybe rigged. Maybe, maybe Michael Jordan comes out of retirement to try that yes. when they. Michael Jordan because I want to play the first three months and win the in season tournament and the MVP there just so I could have match LeBron. Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, that I, is. Funny. I did put up a poll question in our YouTube chat. What you got? I said, "Who are you rooting for in the in season tournament championship?" Uh, the options obviously are Lakers, Pacers, and no one right now. Overwhelmingly, fifty five percent of people saying the Pacers. Twenty nine percent say no one. And 16% say the Lakers. I love it. I'm on that small market train. I don't give a shit that the whole Tyrese and Domas Sabonis thing trade. And I think that's like, we probably have a lot of Kings fans following in, in this chat as well. And yeah. they're probably going, no, screw the Pacers. Like you don't want to see Tyrese do well because the Kings traded him away. But at the same time, one, he's one of the best people in the world. Two, he's a fantastic player. And three, Pacers, Indiana Pacers, small market. I I love when small markets flourish. The other thing is, if, if you're feeling the Tyrese Halliburton thing as a Kings fan, like you're going to keep feeling it for years to come. Forever. Because it's, you are. it's just going to be a roller coaster ride. I think it's going to feel, depending on how, one, he's doing, but also yep. how how's the Fox Sabonis duo doing and where, where do the Kings go from here? That's just the reality of it. You know, I was thinking about a comparison today. I actually hit up one of my... Uh, you know, Jason Gallagher, who works for JJ Reddick's podcast, he's a big Mavs fan. And I said, how did you process when Steve Nash walked in free agency yeah. and then went and won two MVPs with the Suns? And he was talking about, I, uh, it was really hard. Yep. <laughs> it was a yep. really, really hard. And obviously Tyrese Halliburton is not to a Steve Nash two-time MVP level. But you talk, think about that. But the Mavs fans had a little bit of a distraction. They still had competitive teams. Uh -huh. They still had Dirk. And they ended up winning a championship down the road. Great. Right? So it, it's easier to swallow those things. Even if it still hurts, kind of. Yeah. It's easier to swallow it, it, those things. Pause. If the teams are playing well, right? Like if your team's playing well. Yeah. No, it's so, it's like, it's how everyone says, like winning heals all. Yeah. And it's like, if you are seeing success with your squad, even though you're seeing someone that you broke up with or that um, you let no go. Broke up. He got traded. It wasn't his fault. He got no, traded. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just putting it in breakup terms. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's definitely not his fault, he, you know? He, you know, he's a great guy and Such a great I've, guy. I've struggled with it at times too, but he is just one of the things I just want. I think he's a great person, great player. I love how he plays. I just, I, I love players who share the ball, mm. have skill and play with joy. Yes. And he checks those boxes. All for the me, boxes. You know, so All the boxes. That, that's, I mean, same, same reason I love Sabonis. Sabonis, like. I love bigs who could pass it because I grew up watching Vlade and C. Webb, and, you know? And let's just say, I mean, everyone wants to say this around the league. I mean, fuck the Lakers. You don't want to see them win, so... <laughs> Sorry, I had to just say, okay. and I have glasses okay. on, so it kind of makes me cool. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Say you're it. being a rebel, yeah, 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 for sure, man. Yeah, well, uh, we're excited to be there uh, on Vegas on Saturday, but before Saturday, it's Friday. Kings take on the Suns, the first time they're in action since losing on Monday to the Pelicans. We found out today that the Suns are going to be shorthanded. No Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah. No Grayson Allen. And, of course, Bradley Beal is still uh, out. It sounds like Keegan Murray will be available for this game. Remember yes. Keegan in that last game on Monday when he contested a shot by Brandon Ingram in the second quarter. It looked like his back tweaked. He left the game. He came back in and played in the second half but didn't look great. Uh, he did not practice. Oh. 
on Wednesday. Okay. And so today, I, you know, pra- I, we, we went to King's practice. I'm looking around. He was there, found out he was a full participant at practice. Yes. Sounds like he will be available for the Kings game against the Suns. So the Suns extremely shorthanded, but you also go, okay, it, that's fine. But if you don't lock in defensively, you're in trouble. Devin Booker has been on one, but KD has been special. Grayson Allen has been huge for them. I He's know. been a great three-point shooter. He brings grit. Um, but they have guys that can hurt you. Devin Booker, Eric Gordon. Um I think it's more about the Kings than anything. I, I I think my big takeaway the last couple of days at Kings practice has been the the talk about defense. Like they understand like this this three game stretch that they've had has not been good enough. Yeah. And they really have to figure it out. Yeah. No. And that's um I mean, w- obviously defense is something that can be talked about with this team a lot. But I think because they've taken a leap in that category of fixing so many things that now they also do have higher standards and expectations of what they want to accomplish on the defensive end. And I think what they really are trying to get down are things that they can control. And the things that they can control are fundamentals, whether it comes down to the way that you close out and understanding your personnel on who you're closing out to on, or like, do you, did you do your homework? Is it Steph Curry you're closing out on, or is it, Devin Booker you're closing out on or is it some big you're closing out on that you know you should be chopping your feet you know all these little fundamentals and also are you putting a body on someone every single time that damn ball goes up we saw how many times Herb Jones went after the basketball and found a way to get a second chance opportunity those possessions are so deflating and all it takes is you being more engaged as a defender to make sure you're doing the small things when we did our defensive breakdown video patreon.com slash deuce and mo patreon.com slash deuce and mo you get a lot of cool stuff including a film breakdown so cool Uh, we we saw one closeout in particular by harrison barnes where he closed out Mm. on cj on cj mccollum but it was such a bad closer like you want to run guys off the line but like it, you gave him a lane to drive. It forced the defense to clash. Shift. And CJ yep. did a great job of making the pass. They swing it around and they get an open three. It, it, Herder had a late contest, but that was all caused by one person's mistake. And yep. So much of, of the stuff we talk about defensively with this team too is like, if this Kings team's going to be respectable defensively, it has to come from a team defense. And that means, like you said, communication. You can't have those type of mistakes with bad closeouts. Oh. You can't have mistakes in transition. There was one after a made basket early in the game. It's like 7-2 Kings in the first quarter. They do a quick outlet to CJ. Herb Jones gets gets by the Running defense. Running his lane, yeah. No one stops ball. De'Aaron and Domas have miscommunication. They're kind of looking at each other like, who's getting ball? And then Herb Jones gets by De'Aaron Fox, and CJ throws a bullet pass to him for the easiest layup in NBA history. And those are the things that you go, you... They can control that. You, th- That's what I'm saying. There's yes. controllables. There's some matchups you're going to get, like, again, when Brandon Ingram did it at Keegan the other night Ooh. in the second half, I thought Keegan was being physical. He looked like his back was bugging him. But even in the first half, when Keegan actually was mm-hmm. before the, the back tweak or whatever, Keegan was making him work, and B.I. was hitting shots. I'm going, fine. That's fine. Make the guy work. Oh, you're doing a good job on Zion. The team defense on Zion oh, that last game. I thought it was great. Great job. Now, a great adjustment. Yeah. When Zion was isolated on HB, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, that's also a really tough matchup for Har- to ask Harrison Barnes to defend Zion. Yep, it a lot has of work. to be a team thing. So the team defense has to be locked in, especially at this point in time with this Kings roster where, look, 
they've got, I, my opinion, Keegan's turned into a real plus defender right now. And I think De'Aaron, when he's locked in, is a plus defender. Domas tries really hard. The, the wing area is not great, obviously, for this team. Like, and, but until they solve that and upgrade that spot, it's going to be... It's going to fall a lot on team defense where everyone almost and has to that's play fine. Perfect. And that's and that's the thing. It's 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 fine when you're trying to grow internally to rely on your team defense and your defensive philosophy that your coaches are feeding you. And i I think this team is so capable of getting. No, no, I don't think we saw it with our own eyes. Or I, because one of my eyeballs is down right now. But we saw it with our own eyes, yeah. the way that this defense can lock in, be locked in, be engaged, and actually stop good teams. Now, it's hard to do that consistently. But the way that we are seeing them in some of these losses play defense and then get just deflated play after play after play when a team just starts running on them they gotta find a way to bounce back it's not about you you know that they have heart and resiliency and effort like they have all that but it's what else can they control when it comes to their technique their fundamentals they can't get killed by booker tomorrow no and that's one thing but and i expect them to throw some doubles at him but th this is where the team defense comes into play so much I if we are live on night chat tomorrow night, going, you know what they did a good job on Booker, but man, Josh Akogi oh scored twenty seven. He had he had six offensive rebounds, or you know what I mean. Like, hey man, Drew Eubanks really got into Sabonis and limited. You we we can't be happy. Like the, tomorrow's game for the Kings, you, you got to win those games. You have to take advantage of. You've been off. You haven't played great defense, and the team you're facing is missing a ton of key pieces right now. Key pieces. Very, I mean, Kevin Durant is one of those guys that's really challenging the guard. He's been playing some great basketball. You know, we, we mentioned Grayson Allen. I think the Bucks have missed him tremendously this year. He's hitting the three. He's had some big games for them. He's playing good defense. He's not in the lineup. And, of course, Beal's played three games the whole year. So, um, yeah. I, also, I want to give love to Mike Brown for a second because we were at uh, practice today. <laughs> And we're, we're talking to him after, you know, for his media session. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy wants to teach, like, us yes. everything that's going on. And when, when we say us, we're, we're filming it because he wants fans to learn, too. Yeah. And he's, he's talking about the art of a closeout today. Yep. He's talking about some of their defensive issues and how they prepare for games and the tape they watch. I thought it was so enlightening to hear an NBA coach spend 13 minutes the day before a game going, this is what exactly what we're looking for. This is what we want. I think that stuff is so valuable. It all started in credit to Brendan Nunez asking yeah. a fantastic question about <laughs> closeouts and like what type of closeouts that Mike Brown, uh, you know, is willing to settle for, is looking for. And, you know, he, he went into detail, obviously, about just when you have, when you chop your feet on some players compared to when you run a guy off the line compared to like a Steph Curry where he wants you to be physical and hit them in, in the chest and be straight up with them. Oh, yes. I should play a clip of it. And we, put, we posted the full press conference or media availability on our YouTube page, but uh, this is a clip Morgan posted on Twitter. So you're not a fan of those? 
that I'm going to play for you uh, in just a second if I get this all right. No, you're totally fine. And the greatest part about this, you guys, is that he ends up using Deuce as um, the Example. offensive player. Uh, yes. Fly by, like jumping contests. If, if the distance is such that I can't get to your body, then jump in the air. Does, does that make sense? Yes. You know, if the distance is such that I can get to your body, there's no reason for me to jump in the air. I just need to get completely to your body to where my chest is basically touching your arm. Not not my, not, my, not here, because if you go here, what's going to happen? You just go up as a foul. So my chest, excuse me, but has to be here on the closeout. And we have a habit of going here and then jumping. And if you watch our guys go here and then jump, that's not a great contest. First guys like Steph and Kevin Durant and Book and Austin Reed, you know, great three-point shooters. You can't do that, not, not at our level. So we have to do a better job of closing to guys' chests while trying not to let them drive by us. And one more time, and like I said, you jump in the air. If I, like if I'm so far and I can't get to your chest, now I'm jumping in the air and hopefully landing in front of you and still being able to cut you off. Mm. that's amazing stuff yep and it, it's a good thing for us to you watch that and you go okay so tomorrow yeah when we're watching king sons like all of you pay attention to the closeouts are you seeing what he's talking about are the closeouts like he wants are you seeing that chest or are you seeing lazy closeouts are you seeing closeouts that are closing out too much and giving up middle like what are the things that you're noticing when you're watching the game is there improvement from what we saw the other night against the Pelicans. And recognize personnel, how some guys are closing out on certain guys. Like, you know, we talked about the chopping of the feet. We talked about with the hands up or running a guy off the line, you know, and it's like, be able test yourself. Be like, oh man, that guy's, you know, shoots 40% from three. He should be doing this type of closeout or this type of closeout. We can all kind of have fun together. Um, also, just really quick to that video too, you hear me as he's saying, he's talking about this for so long. And at one point he is just talking about something and I'm just like, yes, it was like watching it's basketball porn. That is what I was like. So excited about watching. I was just like, I was doing, I was snapping my fingers, like excited. Like, you know, people like yeah, clap, like yeah. snap, I was snapping my fingers while recording. I was like, Oh my God, what are you saying? Yes. Like it was weirdo. Great. No, I'm a weirdo. I encourage you guys to check out the, the, the full video of Mike Disgusting. Brown talking about, all, the art of a closeout that's on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at deuce and mo. It's, it's just great because you know, it's, we don't always get that inside look from coaches, you know, and I think it helps all of us, you know, watch the game differently and learn more. And it, these shouldn't be trade secrets. Like I understand like, all right, we're not going to tell you exactly what plays we're running or this or that, but educating fans about fundamental things mm -hmm. It's very appropriate. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, especially for any basketball nerds that are enjoying and watching. Yes, it's, it's exactly, it's the insight that you want when you're going to go get this cert sort of content right it's like you're not always going to get that from players from coaches like sometimes it's going to get a little lazy but if you ask the right questions like brendan started the trend today it's just it can lead to so many great things behind the scenes on that after the press conference and media availability ended and it was a press conference but uh, we were walking back like we normally do to leave and i, I was walking with brendan nunez and frankie cardicelli from sacktown sports i'm like 
Great questions, guys. Great job. I felt like we just won a game. Like, let's go, no, guys. You did not. Yeah, because <laughs> I was just like, you. Got, this is what happens. It you ask some good questions, my especially soul. to him. Like, you're gonna get some good answers, and it was a great question. Yeah, so it was really cool. No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um. What are you looking for tomorrow in Kings Suns on the road? I I I think, and I shouldn't. And so many people are gonna be like, it has to be a win no matter what. It does. Yeah. I'm gonna say win or lose. I need to see, I need to see this team play like the team we have seen in most of these wins. So most likely that will lead to a W, right? But they're also playing a good team that is playing shorthanded. Um, but I need to see the type of things where they were just locked in on both ends of the floor. doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. There are going to be mistakes. Shots are going to be missed. But what else are they doing that is great, that is elite? And that is, I think, pushing the ball on this squad. I think uh, defensively, not only getting back, but not allowing any line drives to the basket or um, half as many second-chance opportunities as they have. And doing the simple things, making your free throws. Make Nurkic defend. Bring him out and get him... Try to expose him a little bit. You know, Eubanks is a tough guy underneath, too. He's another big body they could throw at Sabonis, too. Yep. So, it, yeah, I, you, you can't overlook them, duh. But no. it's like for Sacramento, if you're trying to be a legit team, you got to bounce back. 100%. got to bounce back. And I think they will. I think they will tomorrow night. Yeah. What other things you have tonight? Any other final thoughts? Um, Morgan, oh, how's your eye doing? Dude, doesn't it look worse? And, no, I don't think so. I actually okay. think it looks better. Really? Okay. I think I'm going to ice it after this. Hey, I'm going to ice up for tomorrow. I'm going to be golden. Uh, I'm going to be game ready, you know, making sure that everyone's, my team's behind me. I don't even know what the shit I'm saying. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I kind of missed watching the Kings. I feel like we've had a few days off from Kings basketball. And I want to see what they look like too after some solid, Solid, not rest, but no, no games being played. They've obviously, obviously been working their asses off in the gym and all of that. But like, what are they going to look like with a few days off uh, with no games? And for those who are watching this live or maybe listening later, the Kings did add a game. So they play Friday. Yes, that could be tonight if you're listening to this on Friday. Friday, December 8th. In Phoenix at 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's a 6 p.m. tip-off. I know some people are like, I don't get it. They don't, I thought they didn't play till Monday. They do play Monday, but they added a game. After losing in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, they will be playing Friday night in Phoenix, 6 p.m. Pacific time for that tip-off. And we're going to be live after the game to talk about it. We're going to be live, so make sure to be there. It's a Friday night party. Friday night. We're going to have some fun Friday night on Night Chat. Then Saturday, we're heading to Vegas. Back on Sunday. And then Monday, another Kings game. Kings and Nets. So make sure to hit the thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe. We appreciate you guys hanging out for a bit. Uh, If you have any questions or comments below, drop them below. We love you guys, but we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for being here. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo.